They say, they say we should have known better than to fall so deep down, deep down into this rabbit hole we found. And I was thinking, Hi, this is Nico. You're listening to my dad or fall, also known as the White Rabbit and James Jardine on the one and only Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. Buckle up and enjoy. I gotta tell you, that, that, that intro does not get old. All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, friends. Welcome down the security rabbit hole to yet another edition of the Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. 582 coming at you with a uh, long time coming guest. Um, I figure uh, I figure we'll do Statler and Waldorf for this one because uh, th- there's very little opportunity where we, we, we violently agree on something. But let me introduce the guest. Uh, Bill, uh, you know what? I won't be able to do you justice. Introduce yourself, man. Okay, and we have like an hour to do this, right? So um, <laughs> you can take as long as you'd like. So Bill Pelletier, take as long as I want. So Bill Pelletier, um, I'm an information security curmudgeon. Been around since the late '90s, that 1990s, not the 1890s. <laughs> uh, cut my teeth, cut my teeth in information security at a large property and casualty insurer. Um, basically, learned all I all I could then. Spent 18 years there, moved on to uh, the healthcare space at GE Healthcare to uh, essentially do medical device security back in the mid-teens, 20-teens. Spent a little bit of time at a pair uh, after that and uh, did my startup uh, time at Scope Security, which I had my my startup fleece jacket here. Nice. Um, again, dealing with uh, healthcare-centric uh, issues in IT and security, and I am now at a uh, mid-sized medical device manufacturer up here in the Northeast, working with embedded systems. Nice. All right. Well, that's a heck of an intro. I mean, I think at some point we all did our tour of uh, startup land. Um, some of us. Yeah. Some of us. Uh, did well. Some of us just walked out with it with some with some swag. <laughs> I think that's just how it is, unfortunately. Um, so it is. Listen, the, the folks, the catalyst for this episode, uh, as as I think I've said, like the last twenty, was there was a article posted on LinkedIn. I don't remember who posted it. Doesn't matter. Uh, but it, the headline is it was on Yahoo Finance. Yes, Yahoo's still a thing. Uh, is on Yahoo Finance, and the title is "CEOs Will Finally Admit Next Year That Return to Office Mandates Didn't Move the Productivity Needle." Future of Work Experts Predict. Uh, this is December 26, twenty thirteen. Or sorry, twenty twenty three, twenty thirteen. Wow. How about longing for the past? Uh, December twenty six, twenty twenty three. That was published, um, and I think I looked at that and went, "Yeah, no, that that's not how that's going to go." And I was like, all right, maybe the article has some subtleties. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And, and so I, I I was compelled, as I often am, those of you that know me, to uh, write my usual 
uh, lightly opinionated uh, uh, rebuttal, uh, which was just a couple of lines. But basically, it's this. Uh, Art return to office uh, or working from an office is uh, – you know, to say that it's not a productivity gain I think is stupid. Um, to, 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 to take one particular factor – as an indicator or as a uh, as a sway to productivity is equally stupid, and it tells me these future of work experts actually probably should be out of work. Um, and that's when you stepped in, Bill. <laughs> it it is it, you know it's one of those articles. It, it, you know, if you hadn't highlighted it, it, it would have been probably just another one of many that keep popping up uh, for both pros and cons of, of RTO, right? Um, and I keep thinking of DRBCP when I say that, but that, that's a whole other, <laughs> whole other issue to talk. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, I could probably condense this entire, you know, hours worth of however long we talk conversation down to a, to a simple couple of thoughts and, you know, return to office is going to absolutely depend on the company, the culture and the teams involved, right? That there's no one there's not going to be one factor that says it's good or bad. I, I think that's, you know, I, I, I think you're right. That, that's the thing is like the, this, anything, anytime anybody says this one factor will be the defining thing that changes. And I'm like, that's not how anything in no. real life works kids, but let's, let's get back into, so let's get in our time machine bill. Cause I, I remember, so I've been working from home since, 2000 and oy, uh, five, 2006. That's been a minute. Hmm. Um, yep. Now I, I've gone, I've been at jobs where I've, I, I, I had a stint where the job was work from work remote, but I was in a leadership position at right. the office four days a week in a dis- different city halfway across the country. But so that, but that's, I mean, that's, that was, I knew what I was for right that's what i was that's what we were doing um but i've done that and i think my experience uh having spanned the technical worker technical knowledge worker to like various levels of leadership positions then to like a you know um not really a technical worker anymore i'm sorry to say uh and i'd span that gamut and i'm curious your opinion is on has how has that changed over history? And I, 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 not, I yeah. want to hear yours. So, so there's there's one there there is one thing right that we have to absolutely always keep in focus and understand and understand as to what's driving a lot of this, and it's it's the technology right. So you you've been work from home or work remote for since the mid mid aughts is that what we call them? the mid aughts two thousand five. Uh, I've been full remote since 2015 okay. when I left my, my property and casualty and went into uh, medical device uh, manufacturing. Um, the ability to communicate and connect has increased by orders of magnitude. Right, so that that's that's absolutely a that's that's a factor, right? It's yeah. not not the cause; it's a factor. Right? It's a supporting factor. Um, what people what folks tend to lose sight of is 
you know, what's the need? And I'm probably kind of going off on a tangent too early in this, this conversation, but um, I'll, I'll give you a, a case in point, right? So my, my current role is technically full remote, but I get down to the office uh, one day a week, a couple of days every couple of weeks. And, and there's a reason for that, right? And the reason is that all of the engineering teams are located there okay. with, with a few exceptions. So the engineering teams are not geographically dispersed. And there's a reason for that in this particular industry. We work with embedded devices and embedded systems. Right. It's not cloud. It's not traditional IT. They are things that get lovingly handcrafted, built, and developed. And that can't be done in a distributed fashion. Nope. Right? So, it, so a lot of what we talk about today is going to be very heavily dependent upon the company you work for. Um, so what, what's changed from my perspective? Uh, it's, it's been the technology. It's been the ability to press a button and have, like today, a, a reliable, consistent chunk of bandwidth and tooling to do it. Now, could we have had the same conversation this way five years ago? Maybe. Maybe not. Right? Right. It be, it's a different it's a different. Spectrum. So I, I, I remember living my, – my, my work from home experience was interesting in that my uh, I was part of a sales team right at HP uh, technical sales team and everybody there worked from from a remote field office which meant that you showed up at the office once every couple of weeks just to let people yep. know you're still alive but you were generally out with customers out in the field selling supporting field events customers whatever um, yep. and and it worked right and I think that's the I feel like that that early 2000s model, that early 2000s tech model, we're going back to now, but it's for knowledge workers, those that work at a keyboard, uh, and and there's a bunch of variants there as well. But I, I remember like my HP experience went from remote, this is great, to when Meg Whitman took over, she's like, everybody's coming back to the office or you're fired. Like that was right after uh, the right. Yahoo Princess. Uh, did the same thing, right? Marissa did the same thing uh, and yep. uh, got about the same level of reaction. It was like, oh, is that what you think? Boom, I'm out, right? And all the people that could <laughs> leave did. And what you were stuck with yep. was this, like, I guess I need this job, so I need to sit at this desk eight hours a day. Now, I, 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 I am fully – on board with the there's a really good analysis that was done and there's a couple of podcasts that talk about this too but um that that was done i think it was on freakonomics if you ever listen to freakonomics uh uh mm-hmm. dubner has a great podcast um but he they talk about how you know that has like the nature of that the work has changed and there are many factors including like you pointed out, do you have to work on something physical? How is the communication, right? But there is one of those one of those big looming over the top factors is that at the at, at the core of our being, humans are social creatures. At least that's what we desire to be. Some of us are. a lot less so than others. Uh, as we get older, particularly. Um, but when we work, right? When you've got when you're working in a team, sometimes there is just the, the the value of being able to look at your buddy 
that you're working with at the desk next to you go, hey, I'm trying something. What do you think? It's it's like there's immeasurable, right? And whiteboarding remotely, eh, whiteboarding right here on the yeah, wall together, totally different experience. What do you think? Yeah, it it is absolutely a different experience. And I, you know, one, one of the anecdotes I, I like to 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 bring up uh, probably more frequently than I should um, was when I first went from you know butt in seat in a big large camp three hundred thousand square foot campus office. Uh, to full remote work from home was, you know, the office that I had uh, up here in, in New Hampshire was the uh, last, next, I was actually one of the ones that actually had an office, not, not just a cube, okay. which was good. Um, but I never shut my door because I hate closed doors, right? I never wanted to be away from, you know, the, the conversation floor or whatever. But my office was the last one before the central stairwell down to the cafeteria, two, two floors down. Everybody so said everybody hi. on that entire floor would walk by my door and say, hey, hey, Bill, what's going on? What's new? What's up? Blah, 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 blah. Right? Constant drive-bys, right? And it was always a, uh, an irritation point, not, not at the people, but just at the, the interruptions. And... Um, so I, I left and I went, you know, went full remote for this, for the, for the new company, for the new gig. And for the first couple of months, it's like, this is great. Everything's quiet. And you know, I'm not being interrupted. And then I realized, huh, it's really quiet and I'm not being interrupted anymore. And <laughs> you, know, you realize you, you, you actually do miss that interpersonal, interpersonal ad hoc, uh, random communication pattern, which you can get, with remote stuff, but it's a lot more difficult, you know? And, um, I, I'm, I'm probably, you know, it probably, it sounds like I'm making the case for, for RTO all the time, all, all, you know, full speed ahead. That's not the case, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that. Um, cause I will not go back to an office. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I pretty I'm <laughs> comfortable saying that. Right. Uh, never say never, but it, it, at this point I'm, I'm not going to do anything, uh, to, result in that I, I get job offers every few weeks for stuff and about three quarters of them are either full office or hybrids and it's like thank you but no no I'm, I'm, I'm done with that um, where was I going I, I, I'm off on a tangent and my, my brain is scattered so where am I going with this thought um, it, it's all about what, what you said it, it's the it's the, the personal interpersonal communication pattern that we all grew up with as kids, right? For the most part, you, you, losing that is, is a not insignificant loss. That makes any sense. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know how to do that with full remote yeah. other than having standing calls and, you know, uh, chat helps whether it's teams it's or same, Slack or whatever. It's not the same. Uh, and, and it's not the same. Th there's a certain amount of, I don't know. There's a certain amount of that human contact. You feel like you're um, maybe Bill, maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe it's just us in our late thirties, forties and beyond that are just, this is how we're used to operating. Uh, maybe my kids are going to be, and our kids are going to be more used to just fine with somebody on a computer screen next to them. Uh, and then you know, eventually virtual reality headsets and all that. But there is just something about 
sharing space that is um, a level of I, 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 there's not, the, only, the only way I can think of it is like intellectual intimacy. Like you're actually sitting there. If somebody makes a face at you, you can see it. They they can't be you know fidgeting off of here, off screen here. They can't be like you know playing you know uh, solitaire while they're on a call with you. Like you're engaged. You right. are you are, in, and if you're not, people can see that visually. Um, let, let let me inject something here and let you get your thoughts on it because it's it's one of those. You know, I, I'm 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 hearing what you're what you're saying and thinking about what we've both been talking about. And honestly, I haven't really talked about RTO or the, the ramifications of it uh, with a lot of folks, other than just me ranting online or something. But um, this started much earlier, right? That this whole transition thing, right? And for as much as I've been talking about the value of this this interpersonal. Um, in-person you know, relationship building process. If you go back to, um, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to blame all this on laptop computers. That, that would be a stretch, <laughs> but I think I can blame, I think I can blame this on the laptop computers um, because I'll say in, in my early days, in my early career in IT security, um, you would go to a, you know, a, a meeting would be scheduled in the building. You'd go to a conference room. You would all be sitting around the table with your notepads, right? Because laptops were exorbitantly expensive, and those were only given out to execs or or road warrior salespeople, or whatever. The rest of us mere mortals had these, um, you know, suitcase-sized PCs on our desks, right? Yep. So we had. We had to do things face to face. We had, you know, there there was no other mechanism. That's all we knew. Um, once laptops became accessible, right? Once Dell and others figured out, hey, I can make them as cheaply as desktop systems, or almost. Everybody would show up to a, a meeting in a conference room with their laptops. They'd flip open the lids, and everybody would have their heads down, taking notes. They would have their heads down talking to their laptops, not to people around the room, right? You, you, you'd lose that. Even though you're in the their physical presence, we started to lose that connection. Right? Yeah, that, that's, that's fair. Uh, and I, I think that's when this, from the downfall of civilization started, I think was with the introduction of the laptop to the conference room. Well, um, so to, to take, and I, I think I hear what you're saying. I feel time in cheek, but, yeah, I mean, I get it, and, and that is like the whole being mobile and being able to take your compute with you really was different. And then, and then once these devices came along, you know, your, your cell phones, then it just went to hell completely, right? Then it's just gone. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I still take notes, right? In regular paper books. So yeah. I, I do that. Yeah. I, I have notebooks that I write in, um, although I've now kind of convert. I, I've been looking for – for many years, I was looking for ways to, to do that digitally because I, li- I like to write. Like if I write it, I'll remember it and, I'll, and I draw and I doodle and I you know, make lines and emphasis and stuff like that. And I found that – I finally found a couple of years ago that they're the new iPads uh, with, the, with, the cool, with the second generation styluses – finally got to where I wanted to be 
Uh, and so me and good notes, uh, are good friends now. And it's, it is, you know, that's kind of how I operate, man. I, I will show, and I've got a, I found a cool screen protector that, uh, they, they claim, you know, simulates like writing on a regular piece of paper and, uh, it is yep. really close, uh, with like a smooth pen and it's fantastic. Uh, and then not yep. having to carry notebooks. And the thing that notebooks never allowed me to do is like, I had that note, where the hell is it here? I can index <laughs> it? like things yeah. get indexed pretty. And it's got, you know, with, with, uh, hand, handwriting recognition. And I have pretty decent handwriting anyway, cause I was taught by nuns. Um, so, yeah. uh, anyway, here's, here's an interesting thought. Um, I, I, so going back to the, going back to the sort of the, the, the future of work, um, there was a wonderful, uh, God, I gotta, I'll, I'll see if I can find it and post it in the show notes folks, but, uh, Freakonomics, I think a long time ago, probably two, three years ago, maybe longer, uh, had a episode on this and they talked about kind of the fallacies of this remote culture it was right in the middle of COVID. And one of the things they said that was said by, they had an expert on, and this, this woman was like a, an actual expert in, in work culture and such. And she said, where like the office office, the nine to five, five days a week office culture came from the forties and fifties where the the family uh, was structured in a very specific way, right? The father was expected to go out, be gone all day, and come back, uh, and and they yep. and that was their responsibility. And then the wife was at home, and she would take care of the day to day things. Now we've got two working parents in, in most in most families, right? To, to get mm-hmm. by, and. Yep. That schedule just doesn't work anymore. You got to pick up kids. You got to go pay bills. Right. You got to go do this, drop that off, and suddenly, where jobs that are that are in the completely inflexible, it, it gets really tough to get by and, and, and get everything that you need to get done because life has changed. The job structure has not, and so uh, forget. Like, let's step outside of productivity for a moment. Like productivity proper. And then and broaden the discussion to quality of life because in an environment where I, if I were to, to create you know the, the sort of perfect situation uh, for myself and, and people I work with, it would be two days in – let's pick two days where we can all agree that we're going to meet two days a week. And for those people that are fully remote like other parts of the country, let's like once a month show up in the same place for three days – We'll save all yeah. the idea ideating and the, and the debates and all that stuff for then, and then we go away. We work right. and we come back and share ideas again and bounce ideas off each other, and then we keep doing this. And yep. like the ability that works, for me, by the way. right? The ability for me to go out and and, and I don't know, uh, do, like run an errand in the middle of the day is is invaluable. So if you were to say eight yeah. to five in an office, but I'll give you. 30 grand more, I would probably look at you and go pass because what I'm, my ability to just right to be able to be flexible. Um, I, I'm not ashamed to say there's more than once I've taken conference calls, watching my kids play in the, in, in the neighborhood pool. That is not like my parents could have never fathomed that possibility. It just didn't exist. Right. And you know, because they couldn't, right. You know, my, my father was, flying in a strategic nuclear bomber half the time, halfway around the world. You know, <laughs> I didn't see him for weeks or months. 
time sometimes. Um, di- different conversation. Yeah. But, but, but you're right. The the um, the ability to not just have work life balance, but have it be micro balanced. Is that right? Is that a real real phrase? A real doesn't thought? matter. We'll make up words. I don't to get up and go my show. Yeah, to, to go downtown and get something, or or run out to the kitchen and start getting dinner ready for when. You know, the other, my other, you know, my spouse works full time. She works in a in a, a traditional medical office environment where there is no work not from an home, option, yeah. right? It, because it's not an option, right? So I've I've become the chief bottle washer and cook uh, at the house. Well, I kind of always have been. Diff- different different story. Um, but being able to do that. Have us both get home at six or six thirty in the evening and be exhausted, and from a drive or a commute, that that to me is is worth a lot. Um, what what I will say is you, you pointed something out from a, a, a hybrid perspective, and not if it's really hybrid or not. If you do full remote but get together monthly or quarterly, that probably is considered hybrid. Uh, that works, and it works very well. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Fantastic. We did, we did that at GE. We did that at GE Healthcare, right? And we, we, our team was literally all around the world. And once a quarter, we would fly into Milwaukee uh, or Waukesha, as the case may be, yep. have the three days of, you know, absolutely full days, seven to seven every day, get a lot of stuff in. And then we'd, we'd, we'd cast ourselves to the wind and go back to our, our home offices and, um, and keep going, right? That works, and it works very well. Um, but it's also it was also a discipline. It was a not not as a you know discipline work, but it's, it was a, a job discipline that that worked because of what we did. We didn't have to be hands on. Mm-hmm. If we didn't need to be hands on with uh, you know CTs or MRs or whatever, we could we'd fly in and work with the teams to do it. But for the most part, we could do what we did remotely. So um, two things, and again. Yeah. So two things as you were talking popped into my head. Uh, you mentioned the commute and I tell you what, man, not uh, having lived in, when I lived in Chicago, lived out in the burbs, like everybody else does. And whether I was taking the train in or driving in, it's an hour each way plus, plus traffic. That is, let's say conservatively two hours of my day that I get back. Now it's Mm -hmm. not two hours of like, that's not just time wear and tear on my car. It is, you know, having to yep. shovel the driveway and go out. God, I hated that. Uh, and, and, you know, sit in traffic, burning gas, um, not being in yep. and being away from the house far enough so that if like, hey, I've got a sick kid. Oh, crap. It's going to take me an hour to get home versus like a room away. Um, so the commute is a monstrous advantage. Now, the other thing that, that is absolutely probably top of my list uh, in terms of benefits is the fact that having this flexibility, I can go, I can just pick a random Tuesday after, you know, afternoon and go have lunch with my kids at school. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It, that, that is so valuable to me. Right. And because it's, it's limited time you get with your kids and having that ability is, is phenomenal. So what you're describing is, you know, work-life balance, which a lot of us, it took many, many years for a lot of us to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, unfortunately. Right? And some of the 
some of us haven't figured it out. Not, not I have, I think, but um, it's critical to your to your well being. I I now I've got some other thoughts on on the forward looking stuff here, which I know which I know is really what you wanted to get yeah. to eventually. Um, good companies, good managers will always have that work life balance in the forefront of their direct reports feeds, right? Their well-being. Um, companies who don't take that into account, they're going to get what they get. I, I, and I've worked for a couple of those over time. Um, I have a list <laughs> in my head and I have a short list of managers in my head that I would never work for again as well. Yeah. People that I'm still friendly with, but I would never work, work for again. Um, for those reasons, right? Um, one of the things that you know, the, the articles kind of, kind of coming, uh, we'll, we'll do an agile type process here. Coming back to the beginning of the, the podcast when you were talking about these articles that kind of prompted this whole thing. One of the uh, the salient points, and I was when I was reading through them, I, I did read them by the way. <laughs> um, and, and, it's, and it's a topic that I see over and over and over again is that one of the reasons that people have to come back to the office is not about this relationship. It's not about building connections. It's we have all this expensive office space that we have to use. We have to support all these businesses that we've abandoned. It's like, and I'll say this in a very selfish way, but I don't think it's selfish. That's not my problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, that, that, that is not my problem. Um, now is it, is it a problem? Yes. It's a huge problem. It's not my, as an employee, that's not my problem, right? And, and I shouldn't be forced to self-select positions or roles to help fix somebody else's non-business product-related problem. I'm trying to phrase that in a very specific way, right? So as an employee, you're always supposed to be working towards, you know, the shareholder's value. Yeah. Right? But telling me that I have to be back in the office full time because we're wasting this expensive office space that I took a 10 year lease out on. Uh, that's not my problem. Yeah, true. And I, I, I like no pity for those folks. Um, even though they have families, I, I, they have bills to pay. I don't bill. I don't know if I, if I buy that, that's the art. I mean, yes, there are plenty of companies that, that during the boom where we were hiring Tons of people employing everybody we could. We had shortages and all that. Uh, we rented. We, yep. we we built out tons of office space. Now I'm gonna. I'm one of those people that looks around, <clears throat> you know, uh, even the verbs here and watches yet another commercial uh, building go up and going like, why, why? And then right. we look in the cities, and some of them are becoming fairly vacant. So eh, I have mm -hmm. no pity for that because if you didn't see this coming, this is on you. Um, but I also don't buy that that is like the sole reason that companies are forcing their employees to come back to the office. I think that's silly. Um, it, 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 it's the reason that I see stated. Yeah. It, it may not be the sole reason. Yeah. But it's it's always always a a factor that somebody says is is causing them to, you know, they're thinking of the company's bottom line or losing money because how you're going to pay for the office space anyway. Yeah. Right. So having me back in the office doesn't cause you to have to spend any more money or less money. So how does that 
Anyway, I, yeah, that's a, that, that's a, that's a fairly straw man argument there for me. Yeah, yeah, I. So I don't know. So, so you know, what, what's it going to look like? Let's this go isn't going to change in a few years, right? There's so much going on that is going to cause this to stay in turmoil. What's it look like five years from now, ten years from now? Um, I honestly believe that the, and here's where we may disagree. Uh, I think that the the COVID induced shift in workflow, right, wrong, or different, um, is non, it is not reversible, mm. right? Um, it, it will continue, there will continue to be this shifting, not shift to remote work, but this shifting workload model until some type of equilibrium is accomplished sometime down the road. And I think it's going to, it's going to be purely a function of job role and company, company culture, and first and foremost, management capabilities, right? Cause that's, that's the other thing, right? You can't, you have to be able to measure what people do. What's, what's the old phrase? You can't uh, manage what you don't measure. That's right. Um, that's right. So you have to be able to measure productivity. That does not mean cameras. It doesn't mean keyboard click counters. It yeah, doesn't that's, mean that's all this stuff, right? It, it means setting realistic goals and expectations. I think we'll see a lot of emphasis on that for this particular type of work model coming out of the schools going forward, which I hope we do, because that, that's what's going to help drive the, the, the settling out of who works in the office or who works in a facility. Who, who, have, who can work someplace else, right? I, um, I don't think we disagree. So here's the funny thing. Um, I'm, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. You know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, uh, deals are made with a handshake. Uh, you know, you see somebody in person and that the kind of thing, right? So, yeah. however, I think you're right. What COVID did was break. It forced a break in the norms that we had carried in from, from old values in the 50s and 60s. It didn't give anybody the option to say no, and suddenly we realized, hey, wait a minute. There are entire swaths of workers that we simply can let them work differently, and it's okay, right? Flexibility is okay, and in fact, in some places, it spiked productivity. Um, now, the, the place where it fell down was we started attributing it to like one factor, and that's stupid, right? But I think you're right. I think over the next five to ten years – because right now the pendulum is doing this. It's it's we're going we're oh, it, it's worker versus stop, employer. Stop. Yeah. Yep. So that's got to stop. Yeah. But I think we settle on we we I think over time somebody's maybe these these future work experts uh, or maybe people with uh, PhDs or somebody that's smarter than me will figure out here's the four factors ten factors that will dictate whether you are a remote worker, an in-office worker, a hybrid worker, a full-time, you know, you're out there on a, because there are lots of jobs that exist today that work fully remote without ever seeing anybody else, you know, uh, lighthouse operators, that kind of stuff, right? I'm I'm half joking. Um, But I think that we need to settle in. We need need to collect some data. We need to, and, and look at it seriously rather than just from this emotional, like, I demand this of my employer. Like, that's great. And they demand that you go get another job. Like, you, you can't, you can't do that. Um, but to say that employers yeah. haven't been reaping the, you know, a lot of benefits 
uh, at the worker's expense for since you know 40s and 50s also not true i i gotta tell you the so what's it cost the company that i currently work for to, for me to work out of my house uh it has cost them the expense of two how big are these things 27 inch monitors and a docking station yeah and oh, by the way, it cost the other company I worked for the, the expense the expense of a very nice office chair, um, but I was able to keep that. Yeah. And I'll put a plug in by the way for Herman, Herman Miller, M body chairs are the bomb. They 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 really are. Um, versus what does the average you know cubicle cost a company in a large office building? And it's and I'm pulling this number out of my out of my butt, but I think it's and it's going to vary location to location, but it's many thousands, maybe tens oh, yeah. of thousands of dollars a Absolutely. year for the floor to have somebody in that spot. Now, again, like I, and I just said this before, the fact that I'm not in that office space that you've already leased doesn't make it any less expensive for the company. But going forward from a planning perspective, if you've got this differentiated workforce that can be work can work work remotely. Uh, yeah, I think there's a tremendous cost savings to be had there as long as you can manage it. And it's it's always going to come back to the ability for the frontline management to manage their direct reports, right? That, that's always what it's going to come down to. If you've got a, a management structure in place that relies upon physical presence and constant, you know, touch base type activities, um, you know, it, it's, you know, when does art when reality meets art, art meets reality. It's it's office space, yeah. right? Um, right. You yeah, know, yeah. walking around with a cup of coffee and checking in on people. Um, I don't know. I um, it'll be interesting to see what occurs in the next five years. Uh, I think the next ten years, it, it, we're just throwing darts at a wall. I don't know what's going to look like because um, those those new people coming into this industry or in, into the, into the workforce 10 years from now, they're still in grade school. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to demand different. Right. They're going to demand different. They've grown up with cell phones. They've grown up with tablets. They've grown up with yep. that we didn't have. Yep. Right? Uh, their experience, their experiences are different. They've grown up with FaceTime and, and things. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to be different. And, um, and those that can adapt, not just individuals, but companies are going to be the ones that succeed. Um, the companies that can't adapt will still find employees, will still find workers. But I think they're going to be the ones that they're, they're going to get the, the folks that just settle for something. Yeah. Right. And, and aren't going to be the top of the top of the pack. Well, I think that's I think. a, that, that, that's a, that's a good place to, <clears throat> to, to kind of conclude ourselves. But, um, I, I think, look, <laughs> I, I would say, I, I don't know where this ends either, but I'm telling you the pendulum, I think the pendulum is going to have to stop swinging so wildly. I think we need research yep. into what are the key factors by industry and by job type. And how do we, how do we, ch- the, the, the nature of work has to change for those that it can change for. Uh, and even for those that are, you know, the, the factory, the line worker, the, 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 you know, like flexibility just has to be introduced eight to five for everyone is unrealistic. 
It just is. It's, it's, it's not the kind of society – like society has evolved past that and yeah. work has to adapt. Uh, where it's going to go, I don't know. Maybe it will be before you and I decide that we're done. Uh, maybe not. But I think there's there's a lot of research and 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 and, uh, and data that needs to get gathered between here and there. What is it helpful yeah. and, and it's, is fighting about it. I don't know. And and from us from a, an information security, data security, enterprise security, product security. You know, insert some modifier choice there. Perspective. We're still operating remote work as if it is the occasional VPN user. Yeah. Right? We really, for, for as much as SASE has changed things, for as much as things like Boomcaster or Zoom or whatever have changed things, we are still operating, I think, my observation, as extensions of a corporate environment and not a truly distributed workforce. Right? And that that's going to have to change. Um, I agree. Well, here's to seeing what's next, Bill. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll we'll set a I'll set a calendar invite for five years from now, and we'll we'll, re- we'll revisit this. Listen, may, maybe maybe we won't have to be. Uh, maybe we'll just do it for fun rather than uh, being able to talk about it about yep. having jobs anymore. All right, that's right. Thanks for joining, man, Bill. This has been fun. Um, uh, this has been. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think it's been a. It, it, a good basic basis conversation. And then like we, we, we hit a, all the points I wanted to. So I thank you for your time, sir. It's been a pleasure having you aboard. Thank you very much. It was, it was fun. And uh, let's, let's talk sooner rather than later. Well, being the first podcast release that goes into the new year, uh, this has been, this is a great start, right? Let's talk about work and, and <laughs> but the implications, Absolutely. the implications of all of this need to be discussed. And I think I'll bring you back uh, later, later this year uh, in, in 24 um, to, to continue that folks. Thank you for listening. Uh, this has been another edition of the down the security rabbit hole podcast. I invite you, if you haven't already joined us on LinkedIn, down the security rabbit hole podcast, join the community. Um, I post some stuff there every once in a while, and, and it's just kind of notifications about episodes and guests and such. Um, I'm going to tell you that later in this quarter, uh, so Q1 2024, I have got a guest that's going to uh, really change and educate uh, on the notion of security programs. Um, I've, I've had him on uh, one episode already. Uh, we chatted. Uh, he's got a program and a methodology that is fantastic. Uh, we tried to fit it in, in, in 23, didn't get a chance. Too many things happened, but I am super psyched. It's going to be a three-parter. Uh, it's going to be one you guys are going to want to, um, you know, take notes on and may probably watch a couple of times. He, he really is, ch- uh, doing something that's revolutionary. And on that note, on that note, thanks for listening. This has been Uh, Raf with uh, Mr. Bill Peltier and uh, for James and myself, thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys another time, another place on another Down the Security Rabbit Hole podcast. That's the music. We're done. Bye-bye. This is Bella. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave my dad a review and share this with your friends. Bye.